to the horror hour. All right, hello and welcome to the Horror Hour, a place we discuss, we debate, we disagree on all things horror. I'm one of the hosts here, Yutaka. Hello. And today I'm really excited because I've got two folks joining me. I've got Emily Bennett and Justin Brooks, um, whose recent film just hit Shudder, Alone With You. So first off, thanks both for joining today. Thanks for having us. So um, why don't you uh, give me a brief synopsis of the film? You want to take it? No, you're good at this. (laughs) (laughs) It always makes me do this. Uh, Alone With You is a broken love story about a girl named Charlie um, waiting at home on the night of her anniversary with her true love, Simone. Um, And as as the night starts to go on, she starts to understand that she might not be alone and the doors won't open and Charlie might be dealing with something far more sinister than just a locked door. Yeah. And... um... And so you both wrote this and directed this. And I guess my first question then would be is, um, how is it directing in that space? Because I think it was just you all also doing the filming, correct? Yeah. So we're, by the way, we're letting our cat in because she's just been screaming. Oh, you're fine. (laughs) Um, So directing in that space. So we were the entire crew of Alone With You. Um, I'm not being facetious about that for about three or four days of a two-month filming schedule. We had Justin's father come down from upstate. He cooked us dinner. He held a green screen. Otherwise, the entire crew, you're looking at them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So we we had no gaffer grip, genie, no sound, no nothing. Um, The only crew we had was in post. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, we would just wake up in the morning, um, <clears throat> black out all the windows, because we tried to keep kind of daylight shooting hours, even though we were shooting mm-hmm, of a course. film that mostly takes place at night. And uh, I would, you know, we would be in our pajamas and uh, we would literally hang lights from the ceiling. Uh, the ceiling kind of looked like Swiss cheese after a while. We, um, I would help him just set things up, move C-stands. We had a ton of equipment. And then eventually I had to be like, okay, I have to go get in hair and makeup, go put on my hair and makeup and <laughs> started the shoot day. And I, I was our AD. So I, all, I always had like the shooting schedule of what we were going to do too. So, and Justin obviously shot the entire thing. That is just, wow. <laughs> <laughs> True yeah. indie filmmaking it was, at its it, finest. It was rough. Not something we want to do again. But, uh... <laughs> Uh, yeah no that's that's insane and you guys well you turned out such a great product though Thank oh, you. so that's that's got to be rewarding and i mean it, it would hit festivals it's now been picked up on shutter and i've seen some of the reviews i loved it um but it's great to see people are finally also experiencing it and i'd like to know what's that like just seeing the what i'd say was is positive reception it's it's been really fun watching the multiple lives of the film. I think. I mean, 
when you're in it and when you're building something, it's, it's so hard to see the next step. You know, Mm -hmm. you you don't know where this is going. You don't know. You're just, you're just in it. Your head is in the creative, you know? Um, But then, you know, our first, um, our first big kind of moment, of course, was the premiere at Fantastic Fest. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then the kind of run of of festivals that we did, which was so cool and so fun to see the uh, the in person reception. You know, being able to see your film on on the big screen is just like nothing else. And mm-hmm. then, um, and then of course it uh, you know we we sold it um, both uh, North American and international uh, around Fantastic Fest. <clears throat> yeah, uh, before the premiere. Before the were... premiere, and then. Uh, you know, seeing people pick it up on VOD and whatnot when it was released in February, there was another kind of like rush of of interest and and people talking about it. And now uh, finding its final home on Shutter, which we are just thrilled about because we both, I mean, we're both horror fans as well. So of course we love Shutter. Um, it's been awesome because I think that's where it's supposed to be. Those are the people that are supposed to be watching this movie. We made it for um for the people that that would that would have a shutter account you know we're, <laughs> we're uh, we couldn't be happier with the reception there it seems like people are really getting it and understanding uh the film that we made so it's been awesome yeah and just to add on to that we we were actually supposed to be going into production with a bigger film with our producers that are on alone with you andrew corkin and theo james um who are wonderful and uh i was not meant to be in that film, we hope to still make that film, but um, you know, lockdown happened and we we still had our producers attached and we were like, well, what if we did something entirely different? Necessity within the confines. Is the mother of invention. So we we literally came up with this idea based on a short film that Justin had written. We outlined the script in a month, got notes from our producers, we wrote the script in another month. And then just started shooting and we were fully funded um, for for a small film. But we were, you know, we didn't we didn't have crew, but we had time. So we yeah. made use of that time. That's impressive. I mean, and it's yeah. also very interesting, too, because, you know, um, speaking with filmmakers and, you know, obviously dealing with COVID, it's changed a lot of either how they were going to approach a project or completely have to change a project they were in the middle of. So that's very fascinating that it kind of created, um, it changed us creatively to bring what we see. Um, I mean, that's also whoever shot or um, edited your trailers. I saw that. I just, you know, I was, I think I saw someone make a post on Twitter and I saw a trailer. I was like, Oh yeah, that that film's for me. I need to watch it, and so I had to I had to rent that, and I was just like, I, I uh, writing that story. How I mean, does that come from anything that was personal, or I mean, because it felt personal, or at least that there were things I could relate to. Uh, oh, absolutely. I think that's it, yeah, I mean, personal for both of us for sure. I mean, I think um, it the you know, it was, we filmed, we wrote and filmed it right in the dead center of like the, the height of quarantine in Brooklyn, um, at the time. Mm -hmm. And and I, I think, 
it's interesting. We saw so many people like really lean into the uh, the pandemic of it all and the quarantine. And, and all of a sudden we were seeing a lot of stories around that. And and we we really wanted something very different because we we wanted to divorce ourselves from the outside world as much as we could. Just of course. It was a horror show on its own. But I think. What we found interesting when we were writing is is really um, what what the quarantine and what what all that did um, to us all kind of mentally and psychologically mm -hmm. and how we all dealt with that kind of isolation. And I think it's mm -hmm. for us, it was more a story about um, who are you when you're divorced of the things you do, the people you spend time with, the 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 identifiers we all have in our day-to-day -day life, right? Like um, when you're truly alone, when you're truly left to your own devices, like who is that person, you know? And, I, and that's something we really wanted to explore. And in doing that, I mean, I, I, I feel bad for Charlie because she's just this bucket of our insecurities that we've just mm -hmm. been filling and filling. And it's like, yeah, it, 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 it truly is, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a very close film to both of us. The characters are very much uh, little bits and pieces of us sewn together, um, for sure. Yeah, and and this the surreality of quarantine and being alone, literally just yeah, the doors literally locked on all of us. I don't know about you, but I started being like, is my mom real? is my fan do you know what I mean like like yeah. weird like existential thoughts that you're just like well you're being crazy stop being crazy it's like the time didn't exist during quarantine yeah. time yeah. didn't exist like in alone with you and and so we wanted to take those those feelings that I think we were all feeling but put mm -hmm. it into a more in, into a film that could be a bit more evergreen and and you know hopefully you can watch this film at, in 10 years and and it would still resonate because the story isn't about quarantine but it it does capture the the hopes and fears and existential angst that i think we were both going through so so yeah poor charlie we yeah i mean my my hope is to see this film um divorce itself from quarantine and the pandemic altogether i i Definitely. i i want people to be able to watch this film outside of the world that we went through at, at that time, because I, I do believe that while it was a, um, you know, while it was a, a, a touch of a reaction of a moment and, mm -hmm. and like inspired by that's not the story we told. We did not tell us a, a pandemic story. And uh, I think this, this really lives in the, in those, the world of small psychological horror that that I hope people can watch down the road without thinking of of the pandemic, but rather think more inward with it. Honestly, I when I watched it, I didn't think of the pandemic. I'll tell you, okay. I um, the the mental health notes, and then obviously you you perfectly said like when you are alone with yourself uh, for any period of time, and it could also be people who could also be in the throes of you know a state like a manic state or just something like the world around you changes and mm -hmm. you don't know what's real it's very and I found this very fascinating um to watch play out through the course of the film um and before I get to the the elements that really freaked me out 
um, I have to ask, what, what was it like playing Charlie? Because, I mean, one, I think you did a great job, but it was just you. So how is that as an actor um, to, you know, not have scene partners and to just try and like, how are you reacting or, you know, interacting, I should say. Uh, reacting and interacting is exactly what I was doing. Um, even if there was no one actually in front of me to react to. Um, so you, you put it perfectly. Basically, um, as an actor, I, I've been a theater actor for my whole life and then transitioned into film and TV. Um, you you rely on your scene partners to really help define you and ground you and mm -hmm. the relationships therein. And in a film like Alone With You, it is all about the relationships that Charlie has with her mother, with her best friend, Thea, with especially with Simone. The, mm -hmm. These relationships truly define her. And so... I couldn't go into this being like, I'm the star of a movie. <laughs> I had to go into it saying, I am Charlie with all of these relationships around me constantly. Like I am constantly latching onto Thea to be my like, ah, oh, just fuck it. Just go to the bar. Like yeah. <laughs> it was my friend who like pulls me out of my shell. And you know, my mom is someone I don't talk to very much, but oh my God, she's calling me. And so what, what is that in me? And, and my love for Simone truly was the most defining thing because the music and the flowers and the romance mm. that you know that the past that we've had but we're going to get through it and so i had to really latch on and and basically convince and gaslight myself oh wow <laughs> as an actor to be like i'm i'm surrounded by all of these people in this process because it it that's what Charlie believes as well. And so I had to just really convince myself you're not alone in this. And then to wow. slowly um, have that sink <laughs> in. <laughs> so That's... yeah, it was very cathartic. And and I do love Charlie. She, she was rough on me, but I love her at the same time. <laughs> um, I also would like to know, uh, you know, shooting some of the sequences, especially and I guess the photography room, um, you raised my blood pressure one. <laughs> so that's great. Um, <laughs> I, I really love that scene. Uh, but again, these are like confined spaces. So how was it to create that, um, those moments down in the, I guess the photography studio? Yeah, it, I mean, it, it was a little nerve wracking at first because we we want to, make sure that this confined space doesn't feels confined but doesn't get boring you know mm -hmm. like okay it, it that's the trick is is we didn't want a movie where we're like now we're in the living room back to the kitchen back to the living room back to the you know and and that's what we had to work with um outside of some uh some very kind of prime little moments outside of the the apartment so uh, we definitely paid a lot of attention to how can we shoot these spaces and manipulate these spaces um, with lighting and with camera to be able to really keep things fresh and interesting. Mm -hmm. And to hide scares in plain sight. I yeah. mean, with, with the mannequins that are covered like that, any one of them can come at you at any time. And so, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and that, that was, you know, a brilliant suggestion from Justin at which, 
comes from a, a great reference that I, you can get into if you want to, but that that just, it gave us so many possibilities. Any one of them could come at me at any time. And so I think as the audience, there is that tension watching mm -hmm. that scene. And we had no idea that that scene would be so popular, actually. We were just like, does this work? And, oh. uh, and <laughs> I'm so glad that it did. But we just, yeah, I mean, I love it when filmmakers hide scares in plain sight. Like yeah. Fede Alvarez's Evil Dead, you know, with, with the swamp. You're just mm -hmm. like swamp and then um the same thing with hereditary with tony collette in the corner of the ceiling you're just like oh, oh my god, god. I yes the movie theater watching that just being like do you see it do you see it um <laughs> so we we love hiding scares in plain sight so that that was our attempt you know in this small independent way of saying how can we do that here so i'm glad it worked on you uh yeah <laughs> as, i was just like i need to get the fuck out that as soon as i saw that i'm like <laughs> Oh, I was like, do I press pause? I'm like, I'm going to power through it. But I was like, if I were in a theater, it would be one of those moments where I would have like my arms like gripped, trying to <laughs> rip off the handles. Like it's, I don't do well in scenes like those. And so, well, that's why I love being scared. But I was just like, mm -hmm. oh man. Yeah, you put me on edge. I loved it. It's okay. it's fun. That kind of stuff has always, uh, I, I love that kind of, um, like she said, hiding scares in plain sight. I, I love the type of horror that requires you to rewind and be like, did I see that? Like, mm -hmm. oh, I did, you know, like, I love that. I love that kind of stuff. Um, and it actually reminds me, it's so funny. I didn't even think of this. And this might have even been a kind of inspiration along the way. But many, many years ago, um, I went to a haunted house in Philadelphia and it's an old uh, prison that had been shut down and they turn every every October, they turn it into a haunted house, this big, big Eastern, Eastern State. State Penitentiary. Oh, wow. And so fun. there was this one part that I that was my favorite part of this haunted house. It's this long, long corridor and it's uh, it's entirely backlit with this one shining light. And there are just people down the entire corridor mm. most of them are mannequins i'm fairly certain but some of them aren't <laughs> and and you never know which thing is going to move so, so so slightly and i remember just the minute i entered that corridor being like oh shit <laughs> yeah, like you telling me this is raising i'm like yeah. I, I, I don't know what i would do in that like I love haunted houses for that, but yeah. I, I haven't been to one where that's, I've, you know, encountered that scenario, but I would be, I'd be stopped for a moment. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's so funny. And I didn't even think about it until just now, but yeah. So I, we love those moments, those moments of like, you know, scanning around the room, like mm -hmm. what, what is there, what's danger, you know? And, and, um, and it's tough when you have a small space, trying to find ways to hide those uh, mm -hmm. are, are tough. So we had to kind of think like, how can we hide those, but put it right in front of you? Like, and, and that was definitely the, uh, you know, sometimes the oldest tropes work best, you know, something under a sheet. Is, is I, I mean, I was scanning the room, like you said, yeah. so it, it, I, I just, yeah, it was really good. As soon as we first entered that room, I was like, something is unsettling to me. And then when we keep going back, I'm like, oh my gosh, please stay out of that room. <laughs> so <laughs> it was very effective how you um, both did that. Um, 
one of my favorite scenes it's actually in the very beginning just because it looks so gorgeous is just charlie standing out front and then you see simone and we're in the rain and how did that yeah. shot all come together it was beautiful um thank you thank you so much um that shot needed to break the romance of the very beginning because mm -hmm. um i will say as an actor it it was the script did me a favor because we start, I think, at Charlie's happiest. We, okay. we start when she is just utterly overjoyed doing this beautiful shoot on the beach and in her place with her, you know, the woman that she loves. And and then immediately break to this scene on the street that you're talking about, the the loneliness. And, and it, it was raining that day. <clears throat> and we were like, great. We this this totally plays in with with the kind of vibe that we're going here. Mm -hmm. And Justin colored the film as well. And we wanted to, you, you know, we talked about that scene switching to a cooler tone, mm -hmm. everything being a little desaturated, a little cooler. And we really wanted that kind of seventies vibe, mm -hmm. that that slow zoom out from from Charlie, and to really separate her you know, frame to frame, they're, they're rarely in the same frame after that, um, at least for this section. Mm -hmm. um, we we just really wanted to to remove Charlie and to, to make mm -hmm. her feel so separate. And so, um, yeah, the concept, if you want to talk about setting that up as well. Yeah, I mean, because it, it, everything, like I, that I did pause because it's just, I the like you said, the color and just, uh, mm, it's it was just it's one of my favorite shots of the film oh thank you oh, i yeah wonderful. i mean it, it's very 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 inspired from 70s um cinema i mean it's the 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 use of the zooms the the kind of just lonely frame um you know it everything the one thing that we paid very very close attention to because like we said earlier um where we didn't have money we did have time uh, so uh, the the visual storytelling of the film was super important to us. Like mm -hmm. every frame had to help motivate that story as much as the script and the characters. Uh, so there's not, mm. I will say there, there, there are no um, unintentional shots in there. Everything had something to say. Everything has a piece of the story to tell, you know, and um and I know, you know, it's funny talking to other filmmakers, you know, when you're in the middle of it and and, and uh, you're not dealing with a pandemic, uh, getting the time to get those shots is is often not really uh, something you're 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 allowed. You know, you have to kind of they, they call the economy of shooting of mm -hmm. sort of you need to figure out the best way, but also a quick way to make sure you're not wasting money but sure we thought when we do have time let's do it let's really tell the story in every possible way we can and 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 if i can jump in quite yeah. frankly i think if we had been on a more typical schedule um i i find at least when when budgetarily i i feel constricted by mm -hmm. by the schedule um dialogue scenes like tend to to give you the amount of information that you need for scenes yeah sure because 
shooting this particular scene the way that we did takes more time than than coverage right mm -hmm. than, than like shot shot wide basically doing the scene that way so we wanted to really tell it visually with with no words and that does yeah. take longer um but i think the film is better for that yeah and i i mean i i come to film i i've been a cinematographer for many 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 years and and um that's a big way i like to tell a story is is visually and and i'm a very visual storyteller to begin with. So, mm. you know, when we were uh, plotting out kind of how we're going to make this movie, uh, a big part of that conversation was, you know, why are we shooting it this way? Like, mm -hmm. why, what are we trying to say? And and yeah. so that's why I say nothing in there is unintentional. There's nothing, there's no part, parts where we just threw up a camera and did it, you know, mm -hmm. everything's very, uh, very precise. Yeah, I... I mean, I love the color palette of the entire um, film because really like that scene was just, again, gorgeous. And then again, within the apartment and within the confines, but then he would um, then intercut with the beach scenes, which are also, I also would like to know how you pulled those off because um, that was also just something I was like, wow, that's, that could be a painting that, that, that was just stunning. Like, I don't know how you were able to get all that, like, just to be empty in that space. It was. Timing is everything. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of early mornings. Yeah. It's, um, I, I have, I've wanted to shoot that space for a very long time. Mm -hmm. I love, um, I, I spend time on that beach and I love that area. And, and I, that's one of those I've kind of packed away of like someday I'm going to use it. And, um, and when I when I originally scouted to show Emily, because we had talked about about using it and I went, I think I was I just got on my bike and I, at like five in the morning went out because I knew that I'd catch that, mm -hmm. that overhanging kind of uh, Foggy fog and that, that happens in the morning. And um, and it was just yeah. it just made so much sense. It's the idea of like blurring the boundaries it's the idea of like you know there's there's no end in sight it's just that that endless you know view and um yeah so so when we when we saw that it worked it's just it's it's all about just time just finding that perfect timing well and luckily during the pandemic that that space is used so mm -hmm. the the kind of doors that you see along what looks like a hotel they're actually just little shacks that you can like place your um it's it's basically like a closet it's a almost club, yeah. it's okay. a beach club, and they open at 9 a.m still during the pandemic everybody had like masks on and bathing suits which was you know quite a sight to see <laughs> as well but um everybody would come at nine. So, so we knew we had, you know, until nine. And I think we shot there for a total of about six days yeah. in total. And we just got really lucky with the fog that would come in every morning. So we would get there. Oh my God. We would get up at like four and then drive out there um, to be there for the fog. And, and thank God the, whatever mist had settled there held for most of the morning so it actually yeah. looked very consistent you couldn't really tell where the water ended and the sky began mm -hmm. and that was such a beautiful stark tragic image for <laughs> yes 
for the metaphor of of this film because truly Charlie doesn't understand where she starts and and where Simone starts and mm -hmm. and the kind of blurring of the lines of reality yeah. as well we we were like what a gift and it's uh I mean color wise it was important to I mean the beginning of the film has to be hopeful because Charlie's hopeful she's excited yes. that her she's in love so yeah so um the color palette of the film changes dramatically. And I think you can mostly see that by way of the, the beach. Because mm. when we're, when we open on the beach, it's just, it's beautiful. It's mm -hmm. colorful. Pink lips. Yeah. They're, they're vibrant. Blue sky. Yeah. And, um, and we pull that color away and we, we make it a little more of a dead space um, as, as she goes mm -hmm. through the story. Mm. Uh I, I would also like to know then too, uh, you had who I consider one of my, well, she's an, a horror icon in yeah. your film. And I just have to ask what it was like working with Barbara Crampton. An absolute pleasure. <laughs> yeah. She she was, we, we were so um, humbled and flattered that she took this project on. Our uh, casting director, David, shared the script with her and asked us, are you okay if we if I share the script with Barbara Crampton? And we were like, I mean, sure, yeah, go, go for it. Like, we're, we do not, we expect nothing, like, yeah. please. Um, and she got back to us on the strength of that first scene with Charlie, that, because she said that we didn't write that relationship with any villain that everybody felt very grounded and very yeah. real. And that's why that scene with the mother is so heartbreaking. And so she agreed to take it on and, and she was just an utter delight. She, we were able to rehearse with her over zoom. Uh, we ultimately mailed her a GoPro and a microphone. She did her hair and makeup. We had to pause one day because she had a, she filmed in her home Um <laughs> they, she had construction, she had construction yeah. going on one day like some guy with a chainsaw outside like cutting down trees um in california and we were just like yeah we can't use the audio from that day so we had to reschedule the actual shoot day but um when we actually shot with her i performed with her that is not my coverage in the film mm -hmm. but, um so we we had both worked with her and then it, it's an interesting experience as an actor and a director to be on zoom with barbara crampton feeding her a performance that hopefully will elicit a certain performance from her mm -hmm. that i will act to later it's a very confusing process oh wow <laughs> do you know what i mean because my entire scene my process when we got around to doing my coverage we had locked Barbara's coverage and, and she gave us so much to work with. She worked with us all day, yeah. take after take, just giving us different things, giving us different flavors. And it was such a joy. Um, so it was this, this grab bag of like delightful coverage, this excellent performance just throughout and just with nuance that we got to play with. Um, and then we basically had to choose her performance, like what we were going to use of her in the final product. Mm -hmm. I would watch it. I would basically memorize the way that she had delivered things. I would I would watch it and then we would we would call action and I was acting to a green screen the entire time. So it was a very um confusing process. Yeah, My so brain did a lot of work. Emily due that, to the but... way the way we had to shoot this, Emily was never able to actually act alongside um her her actors. Um she's always acting to a, an empty screen 
That's impressive. Uh, so, you know, she was able to to act with Barbara and then, um, uh, you know, Thea, she, again, you didn't, you didn't. Um, no, I, I never got to right. act with Dora. Dora's, Dora had, I think Dora had a friend that she was having read lines off. But yeah. Emily never got to, to act with another actor with the exception of a single scene. Um, and it's talking about dialogue. Uh, yeah. with emma um yeah out on the street when they're yelling at one another it's the only time i think you were ever actually um well speaking and the with beach actor. In, for speaking dialogue with, scenes yeah. for sure um so yeah it so was it's tricky confusing yeah. but but barbara understood exactly what we were going for and she completely was down with the independent nature of the project based on the strength of the writing her words barbara so is such she, a she's such a supporter of truly independence and, mm-hmm. and you know kind of first-time filmmakers and I mean even her work like early on work with Stuart Gordon I mean they were they were coming out of of just like theater like none of them had had done you know things like reanimator and from the mm-hmm. um so she's just always maintained that that um that interest in in you know new innovative uh kind of minds and and she she really puts her uh her time in that it's it's awesome mm-hmm. now knowing her as a friend as well just the interest that she puts towards new voices is so cool and so refreshing that and she's mm-hmm. um as she's like she's very thoughtful with her roles like she doesn't take some she doesn't take everything that comes her way which was such a huge compliment like she she's very specific with what she wants to be a part of so and brilliant on the press um we you know dark star set us up with a Kat- katrina Wan pr and that company really helped us push oh they're really film. nice yeah they're so yeah. wonderful and barbara was on all the time she was just so generous through for interview to interview just back to back full days packed yeah. full of podcasts and interviews and like it, it was thrilling for us and it was just even more inspiring to watch Barbara you know on a on another screen on zoom <laughs> another zoom um yeah. but uh just to to watch how graceful and how enthusiastic and how tireless Barbara is about championing new voice in horror and we're just we're thrilled that that was our first experience that this is our first feature film first of many and uh we were completely spoiled by barbara cranton yeah she's wonderful i can't believe i didn't really this this was the first feature yeah yeah this is the first for both our our first feature it didn't feel like that so that's why i'm a little shocked (laughs) thank you um the first i mean (laughs) (laughs) that's really awesome to hear about Barbara and I think you know um honestly it feels like independent horror is really starting to come back Mm -hmm. um I think Dark Star has or at least I've seen a couple of their others that they've really been heavily promoting as well and it's just kind of nice to see new voices um new talent and new storytelling it's just one of my favorite things because I I'll love a big budget horror but I don't mind like this was this film like hit me emotionally. And then it also had those beats of where it hit me like, oh, I'm scared shitless. 
But at the end of the day, afterwards, I was just sitting sitting there processing. And then the entire time, I'm like, oh, my God, there's also now, you know, queer horror, which for me, that's, you know, I want more of. Yeah. And so it was just, yeah, this was, hmm. I, I guess I, out of that, then my question would be with independent horror on the rise, what's something you've seen recently or something over the past, you know, 365 days that just, you know, really resonated with you? Well, there's so much. I mean, we resurrection. I mean, Rebecca Hall and Tim Roth. He hasn't seen it yet, no. so I'm I get to rewatch it soon, uh, which I can't wait. That um that performance like, is destroyed me. I, I Jesus Christ, that I, I mean, <laughs> I, and I'm an actor, so I'm I'm looking at this from performance. I am just giddy at Tim Roth and Rebecca Hall being in something together. Um, that destroyed me in the best way, and mm-hmm. um, oh my god, and Watcher watcher uh which he is also seeing um we're gonna watch that later i've seen she it. watched all the movies while <laughs> i was away <laughs> it was on a shoot, so i was just like going through um yeah those, those are two that i have really loved lately what about you i really love i mean i we've been um we do festivals pretty often we try to go to anything we can and uh we were just up in um at uh fantasia and in, mm-hmm. in montreal saw some really great films there's i i i love the the festival circuit because that's where you get to see those little bite-sized films that mm-hmm. um you know don't get the the promotion or the push and and that's why like dark mm-hmm. star like you said is so wonderful because they they find those strange little little films and they they find some really great voices um i am actually there's a film I didn't get to see, but I've seen the work of this filmmaker um, online. There's a movie called Skinamarink that's making its mm, its rounds. Um, it's making its rounds at the festivals right now, and and I've I'm um, scared to see that. I've film. been in, a fan of what uh, what he does on his YouTube channel. He he kind of does little pieces of what I feel Skinamarink will eventually be. Mm. Um, so I'm very excited to see that it looks it looks like there's a a a strong and different voice there which is fun Mm. uh I think yeah I'm I'm hoping um that finds a place soon or we'll get screeners um because I want to see that uh I actually resurrection I saw at a festival same Mm. with watcher so and I (laughs) I also really am enjoying, there's also been a lot of strong female voices coming out right recently. Um, I mean, again, your performance was, again, I I would still say gut-wrenching. Um, Rebecca Hall's was, it was like almost two hours of intensity that I, I held my breath, I felt like. Um, yeah. And then Chloe Acuno um, creating Watcher, some of those shots are just... Uh, cool. I, I am so inspired by her um even last night I was looking up her her references because I'm uh I I've written many feature films just solo and one of one in particular that that my manager and I are pushing right now um is is partially inspired by Watcher and and inspired by the films that inspired her and it it's along those lines of I I love how simple yet profound that film is and yes. how it twists 
so many Hitchcockian um, images and and the approach to cinema. Um, I I love her brain and I love her short film Slut. I love Such everything. Good... Oh, <laughs> I mean that short film and and I mean Hail Ratma. Like the, of course, that, so good. Like thank God. So <laughs> Chloe is so inspiring to me. Um, and I can't wait to see what she does next. So I totally agree with you. I think that's what I love about independent cinema, like small independent cinemas, especially in horror genre cinemas. When when you really strip away the the money and the locations and the cast and all that stuff, and you really um, kind of it has to be story, 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 story. Mm -hmm. you, get, you get people doing really, really brilliantly interesting things with very little because you realize how much you know how how little you actually do need to be able to tell an engaging story i mean there's mm. you know there's stories of it i mean one of my favorite genre like sci-fi films is uh cube back in the day which is literally <laughs> the same room over and over and over again like great like film. the way you're able to to create worlds outside of just showing those worlds, you know, that's so interesting. And, and the filmmakers that so pull brilliant. that kind of stuff off um, always blow me away. I, I love, I love seeing, you know, what people can do with, with very little. Um, well, I think also when that people. happens, uh, you get uh, people who actually want to be there, people who want to give it their all. And you can tell that they're, they're they're putting their love of everything into this project, and so that's why I'm a big fan of that as well. I, again, I still love my big budgets every now and then, but Absolutely. sometimes you don't get the performances that you really are wanting, or you're not getting yeah. the story. Um, I yeah. I mean, I just watched a film called When I Consume You, and it was yeah. uh, in the similar veins. Very it was, better. yeah. I mean, it was. You know, you had um, Perry and then the two actors. I mean, if they weren't on screen, they were behind, you know, assisting. So I and yeah. you could tell I, they just I love that group of filmmakers. They they do such interesting. Yeah, they look like, like people. I was just I, like, oh, so good. So I, good. I found it on Netflix years the ago. The tension they build in that film. Yeah. yeah. With the thing over his head, and you're like, what is going on? Ugh. Yeah. I, shout out to Perry Blackshear. Well done, sir. Yeah. Please keep making films. <laughs> we, sure. we are massive fans of his and yeah. his entire casting crew. And they, they like us, you know, shift in front of and behind the camera. You know, that's true indie filmmaking. And yeah, we, well, we adore that. That's a fun thing. I think what you said in performance is like when when you're doing it for you when you're when you're mm -hmm. all and and it's just the the passion and creativity you're willing to take those big swings those big moments because it's 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 now or never you know you're you're unafraid because yeah. it's like uh but i i feel like when when it gets bigger and there's more hands in the kitchen you know and there's mm -hmm. there's more money like there's more say around like well we don't want to be too weird because then we're gonna <laughs> you know, we're going to get away from this audience and we need to be as general as possible. And and I think, mm. you know, there's a place for all those films, obviously big budget kind of the theatrical mm -hmm. feature horror is fun because it's fun for all of us. But the nice thing about independence 
is they can kind of zero in on a certain type of audience. I mean, I know uh, Alone With You is not a movie that that like everyone's going to love. It's a, like if if you're a huge fan of just splatter fests nonstop and you want to watch gore, our movie is not that, <laughs> you know, but uh, but it's 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 for a very specific audience. And we hope that that audience really understands and really loves it. And, and so far, we've we've been very happy to see they they have, you know, but uh, that's yeah. what you get with with independence. You get those more intimate films, things that feel like they're talking to you because they are mm-hmm. They're They're meant to be for for that that kind of independent the the film lover of sorts and i will say as as, oh sorry just to say i i i will say as as american filmmakers we independent american filmmakers struggle with something that i don't think a lot of people fully understand it in other countries with funding for film, what a novel concept! What a <laughs> wonderful idea! <laughs> um, because in Canada, I mean, they they are able to get grants, and not everyone, but I I have tons of friends in in Europe and the UK and Australia who get you know government funded like funds from the government. To, oh to, wow! It's a long grant process, and I'm not saying that everyone has this luxury. It it is a long grant process, from what I understand. But there's not really that kind of structure uh, for American independent filmmakers, yeah. unless you get into Sundance Labs or any number of, you know, another intense grant process. But for the most part, we are fundraising like and we are, yeah. yeah, but independent filmmakers in America, like we, you know, without studio backing, we're on Kickstarter, Indiegogo, we we are scraping, mm-hmm. we are talking to our dentists, being <laughs> like, <"Stand." laughs> you have some money, maybe you can, um, you know, it's, it's true. So if you're going to make a movie, you want to make that movie. Um, And so I, I do love the passion and the kind of cream that rises to the top of the independent uh, filmmakers here, because you in America, you have to really want it. It's not, Um, not so I just really appreciate um, that about that, that kind of quirk about American independent filmmakers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, You all are hustling. Like, yeah. It, there's no, it, there's no joke because um and and on top of that you have your shooting windows probably even you know how long did it take you to shoot this now that i'm thinking about that ours is a little different like like we said because we knew we had the time okay um, that's right and, and we weren't paying crew <laughs> yeah we weren't paying crew okay for, for a larger film we look forward to having crew God bless crew. Like I can't wait for Justin to have an AC for, for me to not gaff and grip. And, you know, we look forward to that, but because we only had each other, we didn't have to pay ourselves really. So it took about two months. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now the bulk of it happened within um, a few weeks when we were working with the other actors, when we were getting the bit, you know, those were very structured times, but, the, the, yeah. but we took our time to be able to refine those, those finer moments, those shots. And, and so, like I said, what, what crew does is it saves you time, right? So instead of having to, as a, as a person holding a camera, I can go, hey, move that light over there instead of putting down the camera, going over, adjusting the light, getting back, resetting my shot, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what we didn't have, we didn't have crew. So we had to take the time. We had to have the time. And we knew we we had that 
thanks to a pandemic, you know, but uh, it, it, you know, otherwise, I don't know that our, you know, our process would be similar. It would just be more people doing it. <laughs> it's so it's, <laughs> it's uh, and, and it was important to us, like, um, it was important to us to make a film that looked like it had a crew. Like it looked like this mm. was a team making, but we didn't want to make, um, you know, God, no, no, you know, hate towards found footage because we both absolutely love the genre, love but, but that's not what we wanted to make. We wanted sure. to make something that felt um, cinematic, that felt uh, put together and crafted. And uh, again, what we, what we didn't have in crew, we had in time. So that makes sense. Yeah, and I and I will say, I mean, Justin worked absolute magic just with 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 some of the focus pulling that he did, moving shots, uh, shots that look very simple of Charlie like coming out to the kitchen, then going to the record player, and then back into the kitchen. I can't tell you how many times we did that because I had to be so, sharp the whole time. Yeah. We did that for a full day, honestly. That shot alone, it it is mind boggling what one extra crew member can give to and and yeah. we lost our minds a few times we were just like <laughs> why are we even doing this this is insane this was, but yeah. i will say we did have crew and i have to give a shout out to all of our post crew because yeah. they truly made this a film we we got a ton of on set on you know on location audio that was usable but Justin started cutting the film we needed to separate him so that we could be co-directors in post uh, Ward Crockett edited the rest of the film beautifully, picked up what Justin had laid down and ran with it. Sean mm -hmm. Duffy was our sound designer. He is incredible. And he constructed the 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 audio, the the world of this film in such a cinematic way that it it feels bigger because of him, truly. And the score by Phil Mossman, um, who just Thank you so much, Phil, for everything. Honestly, with their powers combined, this became a film, truly. That's how. It, it, it's so amazing. Well, one, I love hearing you two as filmmakers, directors, writers, uh, just um, thanking everybody else who was a part of it. Um, but it really does sound like there was just so much passion and love. Like you gave it 110%. And that's what I enjoy seeing because then again, what you guys put into it is what I was getting out of it. Honestly. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> that's everything we could ask for. Thank I you. mean, it's, it's funny. Cause I hear that every time I'll go to a drag show, like you're, you're never as good as your audience is, you know, if, but I was so engaged. I, I really, I felt with Charlie, um it was just and then again your some of the shots um the scares and you should know though i am a gore hound and i didn't think i knew going into this i wasn't going to get that but mm. what instead i got like almost to the point of where i needed to go sit by myself because you just took <laughs> me to therapy is what you did um so again kudos to you and to um like everyone else who um, helped in post because it, it truly is I'm just you know to the people watching people listening it is a wonderful film um, but make sure you're in the good mind space because it's gonna it's gonna take you some places but I, I do think by the end of it I was still like 
what an, it was an experience. So I just, again, as an audience member and a fan of horror and film, I just, again, yeah, really enjoyed uh, it. Thank, thank you, you so I, much. I can tell you it's, it's, uh, it was unbelievably difficult to do. I don't even think we had any idea going into it. Like, no, if, were... we, if we knew how hard this was going to be, we may have never made I, it, yeah, truly. It, it's a... But it's, I, I'm so glad we did. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, t- there's, there's blood, sweat, and a shitload of tears in that movie. <laughs> on screen and off. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I will say, um, just on a personal level, thank you so much. And uh, I had literally just, we're partners in real life. So I had literally just moved in with Justin a month before the pandemic started. Um, yeah. And we, uh, so that we lived in that apartment. We had neighbors upstairs. The The apartment building really kind of fell apart while we were living there and filming there. The, the I, I don't want to do any spoilers, but there is a shot, um, you know, in the end when Charlie does get to mm-hmm. leave. And um, that was our final moment in that apartment. We uh, uh, we shot that shot. I took the key. I laid it on the counter and we were out of there. Oh, <laughs> wow. This, this was truly not only professionally um, huge for us to finally make, you know, our debut feature. And, and we have solo work and we will continue directing together and separately. But but this was so monumental, not only to be our debut feature film, but a true test of our relationship <laughs> in right? pretty much the the biggest pressure cooker possible. Um, and I remember when Dark Star signed on, they came to Fantastic Fest to treat us to tacos and you know do the Austin experience. And they were asking, they were just like, "And you guys are still together?" Yeah, yeah I'm. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> we're like, yeah, we're actually getting married um, in October. So. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's it, it worked out. So we get to be alone together now. <laughs> But well, I just have to ask then uh, if you're able to, what's next for you both? Oh, who knows? Um, There's so many things. I mean, we we to. have a couple of uh, projects that we're working on together, a couple of feature films. Um, I have many feature films that I've written solo that that I'm pushing with my manager. Um, I'm working on a film right now with Daryl Freimark, who just premiered House of Darkness at Fantasia. He's at Fright mm-hmm. Fest right now. Um, I was hired on a, a project that he had. I rewrote and will direct a feature with him as producer. So we're really looking forward to that. Justin will shoot um, that. So, you know, we're a package deal kind of wherever we're going. And um, yeah, and then I I have a couple of uh, smaller horrors, thrillers uh, that that I'm pushing with my manager, but we're constantly working on our projects together. Yeah, and we still have the film that we uh, were going to do right before the pandemic happened. That's still yeah. um, in the works and that, that oh, we'll, we'll get that, uh, I don't know when, you know, but that'll be that'll be somewhere down the road. We're also working on it. Same producers and, and we're currently working on another film uh, pretty actively and then like I said we both have our separate stuff and I'm I'm you know we we each have separate work that we'll always both be working on but yeah it's uh there's always something going on we are yeah we are always trying to stay busy which is I mean why a, a quarantine was not going to go by without us making something so no. Oh, and I do have to shout out um one uh one other project that I, I we're working on so many things at once that 
Um, I was hired to write a horror film uh, in conjunction with the director, Ray Red, who's a wonderful Filipino filmmaker. Um, she wrote Birdshot, um, Eerie. Uh, she wrote The Girl with the Gun. She's an, part of an incredible lineage of Filipino filmmakers. She's wonderful. So I've been working with her and her team for the past year. Um, I was hired on to write her next screenplay. So that is going incredibly well. And um, it will be translated into Tagalog. So, you know, I'm writing it in English. And and so- oh, that's so awesome. It's, um, I'm really excited. Um, I am so honored to work with such an incredible team. And, uh, you know, hopefully if it does well, then, uh, you know, we can talk about an American remake at some point. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Well, yeah. I, again, I just, again, to both of you, thank you so much for sitting down talking about your film, letting me geek out for a little bit, because again, um, I love horror and for everyone, I mean, alone with you, it's out from VOD. You could buy it. It's also on shutter. Um, just if you haven't seen it, go see it. And again, um, Emily and Justin, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank, thank you, you for, for having us. Everything. Yeah. Thank you for enjoying the film. And with that, then I'll just say goodbye. <laughs> You have been listening to the Horror Hour. See you next time.